0: What is a legacy? Is it something which you look back on with pride in the later stages of your life? Or is it something you leave after you're gone for others to marvel over? What if your rightful legacy was stolen from you? What if the collective memory of you was tarnished because of who you are, not what you did? How would history treat you? How would time treat your name? It's the life of a man from Cork which answers these questions for us. This is his story. In the Cork village of Ballinacurra in 1785, a child was born. His name was Edward Bransfield. Edward was born into a family who were well respected in the area. His father had a large boat for fishing and knew every nook of the Cork coastline and where the fish would be. It was his extensive knowledge of how the sea and its creatures worked that allowed him to bring in enough fish for the village and the wider Middleton area. While they weren't a wealthy family, they did have certain levels of comfort which the other Catholic families didn't have in the area one of which being the pleasure of having more than one room in their home. The money they were able to bring in allowed Edward to begin his education in school. This changed after a few years however, as with the anti-Catholic penal laws being brought into Ireland, Edward quickly found himself having to attend a hedge school near Cline. His father, becoming increasingly aware of the laws being brought in to stop the progress of the Irish, decided that it would be best for Edward to leave school and join him on his boat. This way he could pass on all his knowledge to his son who too could prosper in what was becoming increasingly difficult times. Edward learnt a lot from his father, he learnt of tides, wave patterns, fish movements and the best ways to lure a school of fish towards your nets. He quickly showed a great ability to navigate the sea and was often seen leaving the harbour without his father as he was more than capable of bringing home a good bounty without him. This would also allow his father some well-earned breaks. Things were going well for the family. With two overachieving fishermen in the family, they were never short of a meal. They began to employ some of the other young men around the area, and would often trade fish for farmers' goods. This allowed them to be one of the few families in the area with a varied diet. On June 2nd, 1803, at just 18 years of age however, Edward's life would change forever. Early that summer's morning, Edward and his father set off towards Yall to capture salmon who were making their way towards the Blackwater River. As they chased the fish in hot pursuit, they rounded the cliffs of Ballycotton and were met by a ship hiding under the cliffs. It moved out towards them and they heard shouts ordering them to stop immediately. Edward's father sensed an issue as he saw them raise the Union Jack high into the sky as they approached. He quickly tried to hide his son under some nets, but it was too late. He had already been spotted. How old is the boy? The captain shouted over, as he stood in full uniform at the front of his ship. Eighteen, Edward's father shouted back. We'll take him, shouted the captain. Take him where? He's my son working for me, said Edward's father. "'Sir, that boy is now a member of the British Royal Navy, and he is to serve his country,' the captain explained. "'Serve his country. The boy is Irish,' Edward's father began to plead for his son. "'I believe you will find that he is British, and therefore he will do as the Crown wishes his subjects. "'You have two choices, sir. He can come aboard our fine vessel, or you can both die where you stand.' Hurry on boy, we haven't got all day. Edward had been a victim of impressment. Scale Fadegar. Impressment is a form of conscription. During the early 1800s, it was common practice for the British Navy to lurk in the Cork coastal waters and take the young men who were used to life at sea. These groups of British sailors were known as the press gangs, and would seize anyone they believed to be of some use to the British Navy and force them into it. Should they forcefully request you to join the Navy, a refusal to accept meant death. It was a legally binding request, and a practice developed by the British Parliament. press gangs were known to the people of Cork and West Waterford as licensed kidnappers. They were known to be fierce and violent towards the Irish. This brought a great fear into the hearts of those who worked on the seas in the area. On one occasion it was reported that a bar owner near Ardmore refused the press gang's entry as they wanted to take all those inside to join the Navy. He refused to let them in under any circumstance and it began a sort of siege. After some time passed, those in the pub began to see the thatched roof begin to smoke and then bellow into a large fire. As they tried to escape, they found that the press gang had secured the doors shut. Everyone in the pub burnt alive for their refusal to join the Navy. The morning after Edward had been taken from his home, he found himself on a ship with some other boys from East Cork. The ship was headed for Toulon, and he was to become part of Britain's efforts against Napoleon. Edward's early days of war were fierce. Up until this point, his only experience of the sea was that of a fisherman. Now he found himself on ships which were exploding when they were met with the impact of a cannonball. In his first days of battle, Edward found himself jumping from a burning ship into the sea in an effort to save his life. As he swam, he had to maneuver through the thousands of dead bodies floating in the sea. Remarkably, Edward managed to keep himself alive throughout the war. He would not join the hundreds of thousands who would perish as a result of these battles for Europe. Not only was this remarkable, but as the battles became more and more fierce, Edward became hardened. He quickly showed that he was a great asset to the navy, as everything his father had taught him about the sea was relevant. He became a shipmaster towards the end of the war due to his ability to navigate the sea, read the tides and predict wave patterns. After the war, Edward found himself at a loss as to what he should do next. He had now spent over 12 years in the navy and did not know much else other than war at sea. He was now also on a steady wage and was apprehensive about a return to Ireland for fear that he would be turned upon for being part of the Navy. The lack of choice in his decision would not have been factored into the anger against those in a similar situation to himself. Two years after the war, he found himself the master of a ship which had been captured by the British from the French. He and his crew were sent to South America on it to manage the safe passing of goods being taken back from the lands to Britain during Chile's struggle for independence. Being Irish and with an Irish crew, he was seen as somewhat disposable and was stationed in the roughest waters of the area. These had been uncharted up until this point, as most ships which entered the seas here failed to ever come out and still today lie at the bottom of the ocean floor. Whilst here, Edward showed that he really was a master of the seas, as himself and his crew navigated the area expertly. His British officers were often amazed when they would see Edward and his crew return to land for supplies, as they were often assumed dead after a storm had hit. After two years of proving his worth here, a British merchant ship rounded Cape Horn, amazed that the land had not been charted by anyone. It had been looking for new routes, and had stumbled upon an area nobody had mapped before. The ship returned to the British ports and reported what they saw. They took particular interest in 11 islands that they discovered. Being a master sailor with an expert crew, Edward was sent to investigate the merchant ship's claims. On the 20th of December, 1819, Edward and his crew set out from Chile to see what they could find. They were given provisions for 12 months. Edward was very strangely given an order from the head of the navy. He was not to report back any discovery he would find. Everything he discovered would need to be concealed. Edward's ship set off alone into a 2,000-mile journey into unknown waters. It took them nine days to travel the first six miles as they were met with severe fog and storms. They spent the next three weeks lost at sea. His crew began to lose faith. Edward himself questioned his abilities. Three weeks lost at sea, far from home, and with a cold that they had never felt before in the air, the crew questioned if they would ever see home again. On January 22nd, Edward spotted a strange land in the distance. He saw islands made of ice. He took his crew towards them in the hope that getting off the ship for just a moment might improve morale somewhat. They spent the next eight days on the ice until the icy fog lifted. As it did, Edward found himself staring into the distance. In the distance, he could see an entire land made of ice. They knew that they were far from where they were meant to be, looking at something they did not know could exist. Edward ordered his crew back into the ship and they moved towards the land. They recorded what they could see. They saw large, strange bears of no colour on the coast. They saw flightless birds which swam and they were met by an abundance of whales who seemed to have swam over to investigate what they were up to. They saw mountains covered in snow, icebergs leaving port, water becoming land. Edward broke his command and noted everything he saw, and documented the coordinates of where he was. Unknown to Edward, he had become the first person to discover Antarctica. They spent the next four months on a voyage of discovery, exploring the edges of this alien-like land. When they returned to the British ports in Chile, Edward rushed to tell them of his discovery. He told the admiralty of what he had discovered and gave them his charts. Edward's excitement was quickly squashed as he was asked, Were you not asked to conceal everything you would discover? Edward replied, Yes, but the journey that order was for was not the one we ended up on. Look what we have discovered. No, Edward, the British Empire has discovered this, not some surf from Ireland. Edward's achievement went largely hidden from the British public and was smothered in history. His logbook mysteriously disappeared. His maps vanished after the heads of the Navy received them and other men were sent to where he had been and the credit was given to them for his earlier discovery. Edward was demoted to be a mere merchant and described as a mad fool whenever he would mention the lands he and his crew discovered. Some point later Edward returned to Britain and settled as a merchant in Brighton. He married later in life and died in 1852. Before Edward passed away his friend James Weddell, who believed his story named the area which Edward and his crew landed on as Bransfield Strait and that name remains today. Edward then vanished into the depths of time. In 1999 an ancestor of Edward called Sheila Bransfield went searching for his grave having believed his story. She found his resting place in a Brighton churchyard. It was a crumbling wreck, totally unremarkable, unlike those who had stolen the credit for his discovery. The following year, the British Royal Mail issued a commemorative stamp for Edward. Normally, the custom would be to have the remembered person's face in the stamp, but as Edward was not a man of importance in his later life, no likeness could be found. Instead, they produced an image of a ship which had been named after him to appear on the stamp. In January 2020, Edward's hometown of Ballinacurra remembered his achievements by raising a monument to him in the village. The man who could not return home due to shame had finally returned to where he had always belonged. After his story came to light, his maps miraculously reappeared in the hydrographic department in Taunton, Somerset. Today's music was written, performed and produced by myself, Ryan O'Halloran. The story was researched and scripted by Oren. If you enjoyed hearing Edward's story and would like to hear more, you can support this podcast by buying us a coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash We the Irish. We the Irish is an Ireland Loves production. Ryanus Adam Dunn, of Mahagud, Slawn and It's the big one. The Sky Half Price Sale is here. Choose from award-winning Sky TV and everything on Netflix or Unmissable Sports with every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports all half price. Take Sky Cinema and watch the biggest blockbusters or grab Sky Broadband ultrafast for lightning fast speeds. Choose one that suits you. They're all half price for six months. Save big in the Sky Half Price Sale. Search Sky half price. Availability subject to location, TV and broadband products sold separately. For more info, see sky.ie forward slash speeds. Setup fees, min terms, and further terms apply. Offer ends 2nd of September.